This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey everyone, Matt Straub here, welcoming you to the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Before we get started, a brief reminder to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Now, as we get you ready for week four, it is time to talk waiver wire pickups with Dr. A, Steve Alexander. Steve, I'm not sure we expected to be talking about Shelvin Mack in week four, but here we are. Mack always seems to be at least mildly useful, but he may have landed in his best situation in years. Only three games for Memphis this week is Shelvin a flash in the pan or a long-term investment? You know, he plays for Memphis. They seem to really like him. They seem excited to have him there. He's played really well recently, and he's been getting better with time. So, you know, they've won three straight games, and Mac went off in all three of those. So I think he's important to the Grizzlies. Um, I Do I know if we'll still be talking about him in a month? I, I really don't. But I do like the Butler Bulldog, the former Butler Bulldog. And, uh, you know, if I if I was in a deep league and needed a guard, I, he's somebody I'd look at picking up. Yeah, I think you raised it when you said he plays for Memphis. There's something about that that is important. I mean, they need a producer off the bench when you look at the guys on their bench. He's coming off a 19-point game. And added into that is the fact that he's backing on Mike Conley. I mean, it's certainly a situation where... Mac could actually vault into a starting role at some point. Is that baked into your thoughts on him as well? A little bit. I mean, I don't look at Conley as like a – he's not one of those guys in my mind where I'm constantly scared about him getting hurt. Yeah, I mean, last year was a disaster. But right. normally I'm not too worried about him. But, I mean, if something does happen, Mac's the guy. So, yeah, that's another thing. If, if you want to handcuff him to Conley, that sort of makes sense too. All right, Minnesota is another team with three games this week, but they have another intriguing pickup in Josh Okogie. He's been a factor more often than not this year, regardless of Jimmy Butler's status. You mentioned in your column Jimmy Butler, quote-unquote, gracing us with his presence on Friday night. (laughs) Okogie owned in only 14% of Yahoo leagues. Is he a pickup for you regardless of whether you have Butler or not? I like him a lot better if Jimmy's not in the picture. Um, but then there's also the question, you know, if they trade Jimmy Butler, who's coming back? I mean, it, it really all hinges on that. If they trade Butler and bring in a guy like, say, Buddy Heald, and I'm, I'm not saying he's getting traded to the, to the Kings, but if Buddy Heald somehow ended up on the Wolves, that would obviously hurt Kogi because Buddy Heald is balling. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, even when Jimmy's playing, I like Kogi. I've been, I've been rolling him a lot in DFS. He's cheap, and it's to the point where we should really be – thinking about playing him in in standard leagues as well. All right, taking a wide-angle view on this week, you mentioned it in your column. The Knicks are are one of just 11 teams with four games in Week 4, and that brings a number of players into the spotlight for New York, including Frank Nielakina and Alonzo Trier. Trier has been hot scoring. Nielakina has not. What's your outlook on both of those two guards? Well, Trier is interesting. He's kind of hot. He scored double digits. And three straight games, he's averaging 16 points, three boards, and he he's hitting a three-pointer occasionally, uh, about .6 a game. 
So he's not one of those guys that's going to fill the stat sheet for you everywhere, but he's going to score some points. The Knicks play four games, and Trier's getting run. So I kind of like him. As for Frankie, he plays four games. He's been playing pretty well. He's getting a lot of minutes for the Knicks. Uh, he had like a pair of breakout games last week. Played the Nets on Monday and the Warriors on Friday, and he had two really good games. He's posted a couple duds in between there, but he had seven assists in each of those games. He's averaging almost 11 points, five assists, a steal, and one and a half three-pointers over his last five games. He's playing 31 minutes a night. He's got four games. I don't. I, I think he's a no-brainer this week. Yeah, and he's been picking up some blocks too. So, so Neil Aquino kind of sneaky. He's maybe those 17 and 16-point games that you mentioned back-to-back were a mirage, but certainly there with the assists some steals so he's a guy who if you can afford a low-end scoring guard but what about Mitchell Robinson we saw a big game for him recently you know I was talking to Tommy Beer last week Tommy was kind of saying yeah you're going to see those big games for Mitchell Robinson but you know overall I'm not sure he's worth a pickup in standard leagues are you agreeing with that assessment at this point or is Mitchell Robinson a start for you during this four-game week well I think the fact that the Knicks are now hinting that they're going to start him the rest of the way and maybe put Ennis Canner on the bench, I, that's a game changer. I don't know that Tommy had that information at the time. Um, and I think he's going to be very inconsistent. He's going to be up and down. You're going to love him some nights, like when he had 13 points, 10 boards, 3 assists, 3 steals uh, on Friday. And then you may hate him when uh, the game before that he played like 18 minutes and didn't score a point. So I think we're going to see a lot of that with him. But if they're going to start him the rest of the way, I am buying in. I will gladly grab him this week and, and roll with it. Yeah, and if you do make that pickup, realize you're picking up a really young player who's just trying to figure things out. So maybe don't judge it on the first couple games that he's in your lineup and be willing to be a little bit patient with Robinson if you pick him up. Don't overreact to, to his first game of the week, potentially. Yeah. Uh, another guy in New York who I think people might be starting to live and die with a little bit is Noah Vonley. He had a, a couple of real nice games in a row, then got into some foul trouble. Uh, where are you with Vonley? Is he still a hold for you, or are you kind of looking another direction? I like Vonley, man. I, I'm holding him. Uh, the 10 minutes he played on Friday was a total bummer, but he had five fouls in 10 minutes. So not only is he a per-minute stat-stuffing freak, he's also a per-minute <laughs> foul uh, master. <laughs> so, again, four games for the Knicks. Vonley's averaging like eight points, seven and a half boards, a couple of assists. His assists are kind of surprising to me. I like that. 1.2 steals, 1.0 blocks, shooting 50% over his last five. He looks like another strong four-gamer. Steve, you and I both live in Georgia. I assume you've become aware of the fact that the Hawks' defense is truly one to exploit this year. We saw that with Justice Winslow uh, recently. Had a near triple-double, almost out of nowhere, 15-10-8 with some other peripheral stats. Winslow has four games this week. How much are you... Are you making that the Hawks factor, and how much are you buying in on Winslow for the upcoming week? Well, I think it had to do the, – the game he had against the Hawks was 15 points, 10 boards, 8 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks, and 2 threes. That's a big line. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact it was, was the Hawks. I was at that Kings game on Thursday, and they were atrocious, those Hawks were. <laughs> but I think they gave up like 140 points in the third quarter that night. Right, right exactly. Uh, but Goran Dragic was sitting out that game, and it that sort of seems to be the catalyst that kicked Winslow into the starting lineup. Interestingly enough, Tyler Johnson came off the bench. But with four games and with uh, Dragic banged up, we don't really know how long he's going to be out. I mean, I, I'm good with taking a flyer on Winslow. 
But again, I mean, he's not a guy that's going to win you your fantasy league. Yeah, I'm looking right now, and yeah, Heater are one, are, are one of two teams that have back-to-back four-game weeks coming up. So Winslow is definitely a guy who I already thought had some deep league appeal, and now that's all the more appealing if you're in a competitive league where it's hard to make pickups. So the Heat and Magic have four-game weeks back-to-back. Those are the only two teams in the league in that situation. Meanwhile, if you're in the situation where you can't bear to look at all of the fantasy teams you drafted, head on over to draft.com, get yourself a new fantasy squad. You can do snake drafts there. You can do auction drafts. You can do it all in a matter of minutes. Head over to draft.com, use the promo code RW. You can play for free. Good times, as you know, Steve, I believe. Oh, yeah, draft is draft rocks. You're still, you're still there. You're still rocking it. I'm still rocking the draft. Absolutely. Okay. okay. We are going to now take a trip to Brooklyn. They only play three games this week, but I'm starting to think that Joe Harris is a guy that regardless of number of games per week is someone we can't continue to overlook. He's not getting defensive stats, but the points, threes, and minutes are all there. Are you buying Harris as a rest-of-season value? Yeah, I I do. I I had him for most of the season last year on several teams, and he's doing the same thing again. He's become kind of a a three-point specialist. He's playing well for the Nets, they rely on him to do what he does, which is, you know, he averages like 13 points and three and a half boards and a couple assists, a couple three-pointers, almost three three three-pointers a night, and he's playing 32 minutes. So I am a Joe Harris fan. Uh, And what about another, he's basically a similar player in terms of production on a different team, Marcus Morris. He's got four games this week, but really just a points, threes, percentages guy. Are you feeling the same way about Morris? If you had to choose between those two guys, they're somehow both on your wire in a shallow league. Uh, which one are you picking? Yeah, I'm probably not going to go with Marcus Morris because I still can't believe how good he is. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> uh, he's playing with Boston, which is that team is so deep. I don't know. I don't even know how he's doing this. So the fact that he's putting up the numbers he's putting up, which he just had a season-high 23 points with six boards, a steal, a block, and four threes on Saturday. I mean, he's killing it. And he's averaging almost 19 points and eight boards and three-and-a-half three-pointers over his last five games. So the numbers don't lie. I don't. I still don't fully trust Morris, but if you need to pick up somebody who's super hot and can probably keep it going for the next week or two, he's a good pickup. Yeah, for me, I mean, I think Harris and Morris are both – reasonable pickups I, I think if there's someone on your waiver wire like a Mitchell Robinson who's who's going to get you defensive stats I really think that is maybe a tiebreaker I don't necessarily know that I'd go all in on a Marcus Morris and pick him up and not be willing to drop him for anyone but definitely worthwhile while he's playing this well another guy and I guess he really falls into that points and threes category is Garrett Temple I guess the question is do you have any preference for Temple versus Morris or Harris what's your order between those three because essentially we're talking about three guys who really do many of the same things statistically yeah I would go Harris Morris then Temple I've been using Temple a lot in DFS because he's he's good for like 25 to 40 fantasy points a night it seems like Uh, he's hit double digit scoring in three straight games he's hit six three-pointers over that streak and he's another guy he's getting some steals he gets some boards but he doesn't kill it in those numbers but, you know, he plays for Memphis as well. He's another Memphis guard, and they're relying on him. They're, they're using him a lot, and he's starting to, to come through. He's become somewhat reliable, which is exciting. 
A guy who's also become uh, somewhat reliable, maybe surprisingly, is Alex Len. We thought early on in the season he had a great opportunity with Dwayne Dedman out. He didn't necessarily capitalize on that, but the last three games he's had 22, 11, and 11 points, hitting threes, getting blocks. Do you think there's any chance Len can sustain this given that his playing time is a bit shaky? It's hard to say. Like, he looked okay against the Kings. It wasn't one of his best games. But, I mean, he's scored in double digits in three straight games. He's hitting threes. Um, he doesn't hit a ton of threes, but he's hitting one a game. He's getting blocks, a couple blocks a game. And he's also a decent free throw shooter, so he's not going to kill you there. I'm concerned with Deadman being there that the two are going to cancel each other out. But right now, I like Lynn. Yeah, Hawks have four games coming up in week four, and then – a three-game week and then a four-game week coming up. So there's a chance for Len here in basically a minute split with Dwayne Dedman. We just saw Al Farouk Aminu finish up a five-game week. He did some good things. Now Portland has back-to-back three-game weeks. Is Aminu a hold for you throughout those lighter weeks, or do you think he's a guy who you kind of uh, sent to the waiver wire and then maybe hope to get back next time he has a four-game week? Yeah, I mean, I picked him up because he had five games, so I'm fine with dropping him for guys who have four games. Uh, like, it, I would drop Aminu for Marcus Morris. So, yeah, if you want to hold on to him, that works. But if you need to move him for an extra game, I'm fine with that, too. Because some of those games he had were pretty pretty bad. Uh, <laughs> but he did he did have some decent games, too, and he's a good rebounder. So Great guy to start during a five-game week. And you can't say that about everybody. You know what I mean? It's not a backhanded compliment. He's, he's the perfect <laughs> five-game week guy. He is. Because he you know he he's going to have – for five-game week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Meanwhile, not mention your column, but I'm sure very close to your heart and your mind. Dwayne Wade has had <laughs> exactly 19 points in three of his last four. I mean, it's easy to it's easy to fade Wade if you'll pardon the rhyme. It's easy to be like, all right, he's old, he's he's past it. This is his last year, probably. But are we overlooking some production here? I mean. At what point are, are, you, are you thinking about him in a 12-team league, a 14-team league? Is way to pick up at all for you during this four-game week? I mean, he's on my radar. I'm thinking about it. But, you know, last year, it seemed like every four-game week he had last year turned into a two- or a three-game week for Wade. He was just constantly sitting out, taking days off. And we really haven't seen that up to this point, but I think it's coming. I just don't trust him enough to pick him up. But, you know, another week of this... Maybe I'll get suckered in, but <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's easy to to look past it. I get that. Meanwhile, Malik Monk is a guy who was a pretty hot pickup earlier in the season, and then I think there's a there's a little bit of you know we all get a little antsy early in the year, and then you know you pick up someone they have a couple boring games, and you move on, and you maybe even say, all right, I'm not going to pick that guy back up again. But Monk now has 20, 21, and 16 points in his last three games, hitting a lot of threes, 10 total in those three games, still not even playing more than half the game. Uh, where are you with Monk? Is he someone you're considering uh, re-adding in a league where you might have dropped him? Yeah, I, I'm looking at him. Like you said, he's hit double digits with two of the games in the 20s in his last three. He's played 21, 23, and 24 minutes in those games. He's made seven shots in each one of them and a bunch of three-pointers. So. They have called him instant offense off the bench, and they mean it. He's sort of like microwave, you know. He comes in, shoots up a bunch of shots, gets it done in a very short amount of time. But that also opens him up to have bad nights, too. So I wish he was getting 30 minutes a game, then I think we'd be good to go, and he'd be owned everywhere at 22 minutes a game or whatever it is. 
Um, he's a borderline own. If they were playing four games this week, how many games does Charlotte play? Charlotte, Charlotte has three, and then actually a two-game week after that. So they go 3-2. That's probably going to send me in a different direction other than Monk. Yeah. You know, he reminds me a little bit of Josh Hart, who we talked about uh, not too long ago. He's a guy who, I mean, one injury, and then he's absolutely going off. But he's a nice guy to have on your bench, and maybe you can start him in the right circumstances. Yeah, and like we just said, man, he's he looks good when he plays. I've watched him play on TV. He he looks like a player, and I, I know his teammates and his coach really like him. So it, all, all the ingredients are there. He just needs eight more minutes a game. On Sunday, Steve, the Bucks blew out the Kings, one forty four, one oh nine. In that game, uh, Nemanja Bjelica, who had been ridiculously hot, he had a hollow line in 21 minutes, four points, basically nothing else. Justin Jackson, meanwhile, 22 points off the bench. As I said, a blowout. Any reason to be excited or worried about either of those lines? No. I know a lot of people, I mentioned in the column, a lot of our coworkers, and you might even be one of them, was all uh, sell high on Bielitsa. But, man, I, I went and watched him play the Hawks here tonight. He, he just looks so, he's so fun to watch, and he does everything. Uh, he only played 21 minutes. Willie Cauley-Stein only played 19 minutes. I mean, this game, this was basically the same score that the Kings blew the Hawks out with uh, when I was there Thursday. So it was just a reverse blowout. But that's the reason Justin Jackson was in the game. And when, when the Hawks were getting blown out by the Kings, Justin Jackson got a lot of garbage time in that game as well. He didn't play as well as he did on Sunday. On Sunday, he hit 9 out of 12 shots and hit four three-pointers for 22 points. He did absolutely nothing else. So I'm not getting any Justin Jackson, especially as long as he's not starting. I'm on Shumpert starts over him. So I'm, I'm out on Jackson, and I'm all in on Bielitsa still. Yeah, I'm with you on Bielitsa. I'm I'm not ready to. I wasn't ready to sell before. I wasn't ready to sell. Period. And I'm certainly not panicking after one offline and a blowout. The Kings have been playing pretty well. Bielitsa has been a big part of that. He's got a very fantasy friendly game, and I think he's going to continue to have a role for the Kings. So certainly don't make any panic trade offers after this game if you were thinking about trading him. So Matt, the Hawks got beat by the Kings by 35. Okay. And the Kings got beat by the Bucks by 35. So does that mean that when Milwaukee and the Hawks play, it's going to be like 200 to 80? Yes, with Mike Budenholzer laughing hysterically from the <laughs> sideline. <laughs> All right, uh, Steve, your waiver wire column is out right now. A lot of good advice, recommendations in there. As we get ready for week four, hit the Road World Player news page. Steve, thanks for doing this, man. A pleasure as always. Thanks for having me and looking forward to the next one. You got it, man. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.